Hello, good morning, and welcome to a new episode of the Leading Yourself podcast. We have been talking about reinvention and identity lately, and I could not help myself but think about the interview that I did last year for the purpose of the Thrive Conference. This was an online two-day personal growth and leadership conference that I hosted as a way to celebrate my birthday. And during the Thrive Conference, I had an amazing lineup of speakers. One of them was Anthony Trax. He is an expert on identity. And I got the honor and the opportunity to interview him as he was launching his latest book, Identity Shift. So I thought I would share with you the recording from that interview where we talked about his book and all about identity. If you like this interview and you want to get access to the entire conference, the two days of amazing speakers that participated on the Thrive Conference, people like Scott Miller and Keisha and Brad Vitzjack and um, Anthony Truggs, and we have Henry Evans, the author of Winning with Accountability, and we I have my friend Priscilla Archangel and so many others. Just go to the link on the show notes of this podcast episode, and you'll get access to the recording of all the sessions that were part of this conference. Now I leave you with Anthony Trucks. Hello, welcome to day two of the Thrive Conference. Today, I'm so thrilled and honored to have Anthony Trucks himself today talking. Um, Anthony, it's such I'm, it's such a blessing. I'm so thankful for you to be here. I know that you just launched a book. Um, I saw you were recently on a mastermind. I'm sure you have a lot of interviews and commitments and the fact that you're making the time to be here, it means the world to me. So thank you very much. You're welcome. You're welcome. Very much so. Good. So I've I purchased your book that just launched, actually should be arriving on my doorstep any minute, but I couldn't wait. So I listened to the audiobook um, in the last 48 hours. And I have to say that I love the book. Thank it you. is, it's so well written. I love that you mix facts and science and research and your experience and the stories. And the one thing that I love is the analogies that you use in the book. Mm, um, I've heard to a lot of interviews that you've been part of, and I know that most interviews start with share your story. And I wanna be a little bit different since we all only have 30 minutes and I wanna take the most advantage of the time. Yeah. Those who are watching and know you, they know your story. And those who, not, who don't, after this interview, I'm sure that they're gonna go and follow you in social media and learn all about you because it's just amazing your story. Thank you. But going back to the analogies, um, your new book, Identity Shift. Yeah. Um, there's one analogy that you use throughout the entire book around our lives and identity. And you, you say in your book that we are a biological computer yeah. running a version of software. Mm -hmm. Can you explain the concept of identity, maybe using this, this analogy? I thought it was genius. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Thank you. It was, uh, well, so we have computers. We're on a computer now, and the computer has files, right? That's the audio file, the Microsoft Word file, not the folder, but the file. And then there's programs that make the files useful, right? So if I have this music, it's only useful if I can make Apple Music come on and play the song. If I have a, a PDF, it's only useful if I can have, you know, the PDF viewer show it. And what happens is the programs and the computer and the, it's all functional, but there's a piece that has to be running that we don't even notice. And if it's not operating, we can't see anything, hear anything, nothing. And that's the operating system. So I could have the screen and the keyboard, the hardware. I could have the file. I could even have the program. But if the operating system doesn't allow the program to play or it's not functioning, then everything just shuts down. And in fact, you have to upgrade the operating system sometimes and make the programs work well again. And in our lives, we sometimes have the same thing going on. Now, in the computer, when things get crazy, you get that spinning wheel of death, right? The computer freezes, it stops, and can't play the files, programs stop working. In our lives, we are the biological, the body is the computer, right? You also have a processor in the computer. The processor, you could hear getting all hot, like processor in our body is our brain, the actual ability for our brain to do what it does and process. The files is information we learn, books we've read, courses we took, people we meet, conversations. That's the files. The programs bring into life. If I read a book on relationship, the program of relationships, uh, program of health, program of wealth in our career, right? If I read a book on on health, it's going to show up in what I do for my health, the program, right? The experiences, the programs are how we experience the computer overall. However, the operating system for us as, as humans is identity. It's not Windows. It's not Linux. It's not OS X. It's the identity of who we are. And if we want our programs to play the files properly, to be able to experience life amazingly, the operating system has to be upgraded so we can elevate how we operate to elevate our life. And if we don't upgrade that operating system, we can read the books, we can be in these programs relationships, but I'll never be able to get the full out of them because I haven't upgraded my identity. It, it's, I thought he was genius. You know, a lot of times people who are attending this conference, I, I probably have a lot in common that we are learners. We, we are goal getters. We, we set high goals for ourselves and we want more and we want to accomplish more, right? Yeah. And there's a lot of people that, they get to a point where they get stuck and they can't take their lives to that next level, right? Take that leap step to yeah. achieving that level of dreams. And, and when I was reading the book, listening to the book and this analogy, I'm like, it all makes sense. This is the missing link, right? We take the courses, yeah. we set the goals, but identity is that missing link. Yeah, it always is. And, and the funny thing is we're aware of it. We know we have an identity. Most people just assume that it's a arbitrary, floaty, it's just a thing, but it's actually it's concrete. It shows up every single day in our lives. And you'll read in the book, I talk about how your identity is who you are when you aren't thinking about who you are. And, and that person takes actions, takes inaction, doesn't do stuff, like they, they get scared. That, that's just who you're being. And that shows up in what we experience of life. And so if you find yourself like doing the work and you're stuck for a long time, it's usually not the information because we have a whole lot of information. It's usually dialed into, and if you go back to it, it ends up being that we just, as a human being, we aren't the right person for our dream. Our identity doesn't match the dream. We see the dream. We can't experience it because we haven't matched the identity. So we fill this identity gap. When you close that gap, you get to experience that dream. So talking about identity, I don't know if anyone has asked you this question, but 
from the perspective of identity, who are you? Who, what is your yeah. identity? That's a, that's a lot. Uh, Cause <laughs> no one knows, right? That's the thing. If you, there's a good book by Michael Singer and he talks about, we are the watcher. Cause if so you say I'm Anthony, well, what, if you break it down, are you, are you letter A and then N and then T and then H and O and Y all together, right? I'm a dad. So you're just a guy that produces other people. Like this, that's what it is. You're a person that produces other people. Now I'm a coach. So what does that mean? What do you like? There's, there's no definitive. It's hard. Your collection of all of it. Now, whatever that is, it exists in your brain in a very specific spot called the default mode network, the DMN. And so it comes on, but like, it's hard to fully describe the entire person of who you are. However, when you look at someone like I, I see you, like I see Carolina, right? I, I understand that you're a human and who you are and how you show up. It's hard to describe it, but I do experience it every day. So if I was to describe who Anthony is from a standpoint of like not getting super deep, like I am an individual who's a collection of actions and experiences. I'm a being that's a collection of actions and experiences. I've done some things, I've experienced some things, and that in and of itself creates me in a way that I can't fully explain. Talking about that, I said I was not going to ask you about your story, but you have an, an, an amazing story. And in your book, and every time that I, I've heard you speak, you talk about statistics and um, standards out there that you have beat in your life. Like if you were, if you would look at the statistics, I think there's two types of people in this world, right? There's the people that look at the statistics and the stereotypes and they let them define them, right? They think, okay, if this is what the statistics says, that means that this is my destiny. This is who I am supposed to be, who I am. And then there's the type of people, which I think you are one of those. Um, and I wanna think that I'm one of them as well, that you look at the data and you're like, no, that's not me. That doesn't define me. And it kinds of becomes like a personal challenge to beat that statistics. And you beat a lot of statistics. Yeah. Can you speak a little bit about that and, and how ident your identity or how can you leverage your identity to take more of that second perspective to looking at, at those statistics and not letting them define you? Yeah, well, I think what it first boils down to is like who you, the, the statistics we have in life and what they are, that's just someone looking at life, not really, you know, saying it's a predictive tool. You can kind of predict based on human nature, but you know, whatever, wherever you start, it does not determine where you end. I started in foster care. I was given away. I grew up in a really poor, you know, different racial, you know, family and an all white family. So like none of that would tell you on paper that I would exist as I do, but I do. And so statistics in and of themselves have a place, but they're not definitive, right? It's the first part. The reason why I think a lot of them end up being predictable and you can say like this holds true is because most people are predictable in their assumption that they can't change their lives. Their assumptions that whatever they're experiencing that they either deserve or this is all this is good as going to get. And so might as well settle for it. And then we tuck away. And then we maybe every once in a while, people will try things. I'll try to go do something new and I'll be met with the fact that I'm not good at that. And so I go, see, told you. And I stop. But they don't even realize that that is the first step to something new. It's to, to try it, not be good, but to choose to get better. And so for me, when I look at the identity aspect of who we are, like it's something that is myable. It has been shaped. It already has been created. We've already done the thing you have to do. Just when you did it, you didn't have control of it. You didn't notice it. And it was intentional, unintentional. 
So what people need to do nowadays is go, you know what, I'm going to intentionally focus on how I shift my identity. And in doing that, you start changing your life with purpose and in the direction you actually choose. What, what would you say has been the most significant identity shift that you've made? I know, you know, you're constantly having to shift your identity, right? It's, it's a journey. It's not a destination. Yeah. It's not like I shift and I've arrived at, at that identity, but life takes you through a journey and you need to continue to shift. But if, if you can recollect one that you say, this has been the most significant or impactful in your life, what, what yeah. would that be? a lot, man. I would probably go and say the most impactful for me was probably the shift when I was like, uh, I was like 2016. I was probably like 29, 28, 29. I like, oh, no, I bet I'm in like 30, it was like 30, 31. And it was because at that time I was in a space where I wasn't like really happy with my, with my life, who I was, how I was living things. It just, it didn't, it wasn't becoming, I wasn't a good dad. I wasn't a good husband. I wasn't anything that I would deem uh, of great character. I want the rest of the world to mimic. And so it's at that moment, I was like, I don't like this guy. Let me do something. It was the first time I, I proactively tried to improve my life, but not by learning more because I already learned a bunch, right? Like I'd already gone through the gamut of like consuming, consuming, consuming. And I think we think that the more we know, the better we do. And it's not, you can't consume. It's, it's like we, I, we, we get to this point of not realizing that we can have too much information and no action and be in a bad place. So I finally was like, I'm going to start applying what I know. And that was a game changer. I know you close your book. Um, I'm going to give a teaser for those who will be reading the book, but you close the book. And I love this quote that you use saying, it, it's not what you know, is who you are with what you know. Yeah. And a lot of times we say is what you do, what you know, but it really is who you become with yeah. what you know. Well, because if you think about it, you'll say, okay, well, it's what you do with what you know. Oh yeah, obviously. But who does the doing? You know, right. you, you do the doing, right? So if you do it and you hate it, you won't do it very long. If you do it and it's not who you see yourself to be, you won't do it again. But if you do it because it's who you are and it's easy and it feels normal, it'll get done. And then all of a sudden that success comes to you. So there's a point in time when like, when it's not your identity, it feels hard to do it. When it is your identity, it feels hard not to do it. And that's the difference. Can I do this thing that is hard for most people in a way to where like, I can't not do it. It's just who I am. And now we get to a beautiful new space. In your book, you talk a little bit about habits. I'm a huge fan of habits, like Atomic Habits. It was, is one of my favorite books. That's actually the book where I heard the term identity for the first time. Oh yeah, it's a good book. Um, and it's a pity that it doesn't focus as much on identity. So when I read your book, I'm like, this really is like the missing link. But can you speak a little bit on what role do habits play in making those shifts happen? Yeah, um, it's a huge piece of it, right? Because you are what you consistently do. That's the thing. And when you're doing things, the goal is to get to the point where you do them so consistently that it becomes who you are to do it. It's to, to where you wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to go to bed at night till like it's done. And that's a habit. That's a flow. It's a piece that we actually find comfort in certain habits. There's, you know, like when things happen, we will find comfort in doing certain things that most people would never do. 
And so it's kind of that thing where you got to start anchoring down to the habits of it all, but choosing the right habits. Most people just borrow habits because they see somebody else do it and go, oh, I should probably do that. And then they get to the back end, they never realize like I was doing the wrong things the whole time. Like I was just doing things because I thought I had to do things. And next thing you know, like I shouldn't have been doing these things, right? Because you didn't plan out the identity you wanted to become that was doing the things that would give you what you wanted to have. When you do it in that manner and you say, who do I, what do, who do I want to be? Then that person does certain things, which is why that person has certain things. That's the process people need to think through more than just this randomness. And that doing is the habits. That's, I, I feel that's so powerful. Like a lot of times, especially in this times with social media, we look, pe we, we see people doing things and they talk about their morning routines and what they doing to be successful. And we think that if we just mimic what they do, we will, we're going to get the same results that they do, but we really don't know what goes behind what we're seeing in social media. And And like you said, a lot of times we pick a habit and it's so hard. And at the beginning, everything is hard, right? Um, you need to stay consistent to see that result coming through. Yeah. But a lot of times there's a conflict with who we are, or who we want to be or become that that's why either the habit doesn't stick or we don't see the results that we thought we would get by doing the things that we see other people doing. Yeah, because we and eventually and we always just stop doing it after a while. It's like this sucks or I don't get the, the quick return. And that quick return is what most people desire. I, I found that there's a process and a path that we go through. And that process essentially runs through this journey of like, I am bad at this and it hurts a lot to do it because I know that I'm bad at it. And it emotionally hurts a lot. And I go, I'm done with this and I walk away. And the person who's going to find success one day goes, yeah, it hurt. It was a 10 out of 10 of pain. It was really high. But you know what? I learned something. I'm going to go try it again. They go, oh, it's nine, nine and a half this time. Still hurts a lot. Still, it's nine and a half out of 10, but you do it again. It's like nine of pain. And people go, are you crazy? Are you trying to hurt yourself? What are you doing? You got, I got to keep going. You keep on going. People are like, you're an idiot. Why are you still going? But it's an eight and a half of pain. And they keep going and going and going. And like, this person is psycho. What are they doing this? And all of a sudden it gets to zero. And most people uh, assume that zero means painless. Like, oh, I can do it. And there's no pain, but it actually turns into joy. It, it's because you've gone through its joy and It's who you are now to do that. Like you've gone through this, you've invested so much that there's no way that this is not who you are. I, I love doing this. I used to hate speaking on stages. Now I'm like, I, I love it. Put me on. Like I'm gonna have a blast doing it. Like the thought of getting up there kind of scared me, but now I'm like, that's why I love to be in doing these things, right? Podcasts. The first few podcasts, I was like, I don't know if I'm gonna be, I don't know if I should do podcasts. Now I'm like, let's do them all day long. Right? So the idea is like, you have to lean in and do things poorly with the intention of learning to reapply to where you get to the point of having joy. And now it's who you are. I am a guy that's like, I'm a great guest. I'm a podcaster. I got it, right? That's who I, I can identify as that now, but only because I went through the crappy stages. Well, talking about, so this conference is all about personal growth and leadership. From your perspective, what is the connection between identity and personal growth? It's the same thing. I mean, you are the person and growth is a, you attach it to the thing that's, that's doing, right? It's, you're, you're, it's a form of a verb. And so with an identity shift, it is a version of growth. It is because you're going up. Growth usually is an expansion. It's a moving in a direction, right? When something grows, the cells duplicate, it grows, it expands. And an identity shift is an expansion. It's just into a new version of your identity. 
not a different you. You're not changing yourself, but you're a new expansion of your current identity. And so within that, that's a person and it's growth. So therefore it's in the same wheelhouse. So I'm sure as people are watching right now, they're thinking the $1 million question is, how do you make that shift happen? And yeah. let me say, I recommend you get the copy of the book. I'm going to put the link down below. It's on your workbooks as well. Totally worth it because Anthony walks through his full shift methodology in the book that will guide you like step-by-step step how to do that. But if someone hasn't read the book, hasn't listened to you before, and they're fire up to say, yes, I want to make this shift happen. What is one thing that someone can do like today to start making that shift? Uh, it's going to be to be prepared to have your ego poked. Because we all get it. We get this anticipation of like, I want to do the work to get the thing. And then whenever we start being faced with the work, we get faced with who we are. And it's, it's scary. It's like, oh, I'm not the person that do that. Or, oh, it's going to be hard. We get faced with it. And it's in those moments that most people will put their ego up and make a good excuse to walk away or to justify or make whatever excuse they want that makes them not have to face this, even though you were just excited. So I recommend to people is when you prepare down this path, really get to the point of understanding you're going to be met with something that I call an identity wall. And that wall is a big, tall thing for a lot of people that they can never climb and they go looking for the door. It's not a door thing. It's a, it's a climb thing. It's, it's effort. It's energy, right? You climb the wall. And if you can be the person that climbs the wall, you'll get there. But you got to be prepared before you get there. Because if, if I don't tell you this, you're going to show up with, with no rope and no hook. You can't, you can't hook it, latch it, and pull up. But if I tell you this, you go, okay, great. I'm going forward. But I'm going forward knowing that at some point I'm going to hit a wall that I'm going to have to climb. Um. Now, let's say that someone follows your, your shift method, they're, they're put all the work in making this shift. Yeah. Because identity is something that you can see, right? Is there, but you can't really see it, touch it, feel it. How do you know if you have succeeded in making that identity shift? Uh, well, it's pretty simple. I mean, there is a method that's in the book, and that method is really the steps you do. You go through the steps, which is there, and that's what we use every day with clients. Uh, when you know, it's because you, what you'll do is you'll wake up a day, and I don't know when that day will happen, but you'll wake up one day, and you'll realize that you are not thinking the way you used to. You don't feel the way you used to. You might not even have the same job or friends that you used to, and you'll feel like the other person is a different stranger to who you are now. Like the person that I used to be when I would, you know, go to work and then, you know, come back in the afternoon and drink like a six pack of beers and go back to my gym. I owned a gym. Like, I'm not that guy. I, it's like a, he seemed like a, like a distant stranger to me. So when you feel like that old you is a stranger, that's when you've actually made the shift. There is one question that I ask everyone when I have them in the, in the podcast. Um, I'm always looking for great book recommendations. And if I ask you, what is the one book that has influenced your life the most? What would that be? Uh, there's two books. One was early on. It was called uh, Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. It's a great book. Just That's a good mine. Book. When yeah. people ask me, that is the book that has yeah. impacted my life the most. It just it was it's a good starter book. It just for some reason was a really good book to start with to understand. 
And then after that, uh, one of the best books I've recently read is called Outwitting the Devil by Napoleon Hill. Really good book. Really enjoyed it. Uh, it's just it's, it's a it's a conversation with the devil in a really weird way that does it. it it'll trigger you, man. It makes you think way differently than you do now. Thank you for that. I'm, I'm, as I said, I'm always looking for the great next read. Um, of course, now it's Identity Shift. Really Thank recommend you. it to everyone. Will definitely be on my top three books that I've read this year by Thank far. You. Like it's I appreciate it. really tactical advice is it's putting a way, you know, that you can understand, you can relate. Again, I really love that it's not only based on your experience, but your research and science and facts. And then I, as I said, I love the analogies that you use in the book. Like it was hard to pick one to say, this is the one that resonated the most because they all did. Mm. Um, one last question. I know we're running out of time. In the book, you, you talked about the, like the three steps in the shift method and, and the last one of sustaining, which I think might seem like the easiest, but I think is the hardest because it's the one that, you know, at the beginning you put all the work, you're motivated, and then you feel that, okay, I'm here, now I'm done. But if you don't sustain that, either you can revert or you can become a different identity if you're not intentional about what identity you want to adopt. What are the things that you do on a daily basis that help you reinforce that identity and, and helps you continue to be open to identify future shifts that you need to do in your identity? Yeah, well, it's kind of like a computer. If you go back to that, the first part of it is like I'm I'm always living my life and I'm aware of living life. And in doing so, you get met with different things that you didn't expect. and You just have to be present with them, right? So I've, and I also do things that keep me in line with who I see myself to be. So I'm going to be consistent. I'm going to be consistent. I'm going to own up to what it is. And I want to live in line with who I say I am. So I, I have integrity. But then your life is going to give, like a computer gives you little alerts that says, oh, bing, update your computer. And, you know, you're like snooze, whatever. That's life too. People will say, hey, you're, you're kind of getting a little bit out of shape or, hey, you, you're being a little bit rude right now. Like, you know, and we can snooze it all day long, but then the computer will crash. We'll have problems in our, in our relationship, problems in our, our health. It'll all just be a weird and out of whack. So the idea is if you can be aware it's going to go on and when people tell you stuff that you take it in and update it, that's when your life starts adjusting and you can stay consistently in line with your current identity, but also always elevating and upgrading your operating system. Awesome. Well, Anthony, I, I want to be very respectful of your time. I know you have a very tight agenda. I just want to say thank you again. You know, um, I am turning 40, which is a big number. And my plan to how to celebrate my birthday was my parents. I'm originally from Spain and they, they were leaving Spain and they were going to come and we were going to all celebrate together. Yeah. And with COVID, that is not possible. Yeah. So I was, I started thinking, how do I want to celebrate my birthday? And I start to look at purchasing like a ticket to a virtual conference or something like that. And I said, well, how about I do my own? And when You're I thought wrong, about who I wanted to be part of this project, um, mm -hmm. your name immediately came to mind. So once again, thank you so much for making mm -hmm. the time to be here and, and talking to me. Very welcome. Happy to.